If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey, addicts, it's Los, FFA underscore Los, L-O-S. As Mung said, welcome to the podcast. Heading out to the end of week five, heading into week six. Tons of injuries abound, quarterbacks, running backs. Goodness gracious, what a week, Mung. Yeah, it's uh, it's the week of the backup running backs and uh, a lot of a lot of teams, the offense in general. Uh, we have a lot of questions about with the starting quarterbacks going down and uh, some quarterback uh, battles, dare I say. Yeah, this is why uh, you, you need to pay attention, you know, to, to every game, even the, even the not so great ones. You got to pay attention to what happens in them. Keep up on the news, you know, follow, follow uh, on, on the Twitter, of course. And uh, gee, you know, you, you can get off to a slow start, but injuries like this can turn your team around quickly. If you shrewdly pick up guys like, you know, we'll get into it. But, you know, Devontae Booker, Daryl Williams, these could be, you know, uh, grab a couple cheap wins. Yeah, especially, you know the waiver wire list is getting longer and longer as we near the midpoint of the season. And, you know, we'll talk through guys that you should pick up if you need wins right now, if you're, you know, one and four heading into this week, two and three versus, you know, rest of season upside pickups to stash. If you're, let's say four and one, right? Absolutely. There's, there's a billion ways to play the game and there's a thousand ways to make sure that you thrive in your season. Indeed. And uh, speaking of Thrive, Thrive offers DFS style contests on player props. It's super easy to check out Thrive Fantasy. You pick 10 out of 20 player props for the week with each prop bet getting assigned a fantasy point value for the over and under based on how likely the outcome is. The more that you get correct, the bigger the payout. And Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest where first place wins 20 grand. Sign up now with our promo code FFA and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 for your first deposit, minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E fantasy.com. Without further ado, that'll take us into uh, our football games for this coming week. One team that's certainly thriving, playing on Thursday night, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Leonard Fournette had that nice uh, nice day that we expected, but Giovanni Bernard had a nice receiving touchdown and beat his man at the goal line as well. Um, I don't expect Fournette to you know, dominate the carries going forward, and I do expect a little more work from, from Giovanni this game. Uh, Ronald Jones is the afterthought right now. Uh, Fournette dips back to just a flex play for me this week, and of course, Brady, Brown, Evans, Godwin keep on with big, big upside as Brady chases his records. Uh, all three of those right receivers too, especially as, as uh, for as long as Gronk is hurt for. Yeah, you certainly like all the bucks right now as Brady uh, goes for another MVP season. But I do like Fournette quite a bit with the Eagles giving up a lot on the ground right now to opponents. So I do think Fournette is the play as a high-end RB3, still going to be somewhat touchdown dependent. 
And honestly, Ronald Jones is droppable right now, just a handcuff for Fournette, really. We're seeing him get a little bit of change of pace work, but really it's all Fournette on the ground and a little bit as a pass catcher and then Bernard uh, in those receiving situations. Sounds like complete agreement there. On the Philadelphia side of the football, the running back usage continues to be disgusting for the Eagles. Uh, both running backs added to just a total of 75 yards between them, and that's both rushing and receiving. Uh, minimal pass game usage this past week. Tampa is very tough against the running backs. I would try not to play them here, um, although we did just see uh, the running back, Miles Gaskin, score a ton of uh, PPR points against Tampa. So I'm sure you'll have a little insight on that, Mung. Hertz and Smith are locks, uh, and the tight ends are touchdown-dependent risky plays who I'd much rather veer away from for the likes of, you know, a Schultz or a Knox or something. We'll get into that in the waivers. Right, and uh, real quick before we move on to the Eagles side, I was just going to say we did have an update oh, today that Gronk is truly uh, 50-50 to play on Thursday right. night. So just keep an eye out on that. Um, as for the running backs for the Eagles, I think Gainwell is an okay flex play here. Uh, we did see Gaskin have a big, big day against the Bucks, And part of that is because Levante David um, was out early in that game with a knee issue. And it sounds like he will miss at least a couple of weeks here. So some upside here for Gainwell in that pass catching role, especially if the Eagles get down big in the second half. Uh, and I do think the tight ends will see some volume. So they're in that high end tight end two range in PPR formats. Totally. I'm going to take uh, the Buccaneers. No surprise there. Yeah. And worth worth noting that Tom Brady did hit his thumb on a, uh, a defender's helmet against Miami, but it does sound like he is expected to play. So I will take Tampa that Bay too. Yep. All right, that'll take us into Sunday. We have a 7.30 Eastern, 8.30 a, or nope, we have a 8.30, yeah, wait, no, that's not right. Isn't it 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central? Well, regardless, set your lineups early in the morning. <laughs> uh, it is Miami at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I believe this one's in London as well, correct? Yep, the second London game. Okay, um, I, I guess we uh, totally missed the boat on Miles Gaskin. Um, you, me, and everybody else. Uh, he 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 has a uh, had a terrible day rushing against uh, Tampa Bay, of course, but had those ten receiving targets, and Malcolm Brown was nowhere to be seen. Um, Gaskin's really the only possible running back play here, but it, it continues to be messy. Um, he's probably fine to play against Jacksonville, I guess. I don't love it, don't hate it. Uh, Gasicki keeps getting plenty of targets, and Waddle's uh, Waddle. I expected to have more of the targets uh, that Gaskin sort of got, but I, I think he'll be fine in the flex here. Yeah, and I think so will Devontae Parker if he's back from the hamstring injury this week. Uh, Jacksonville is a pretty good matchup against that secondary, and yeah, we'll see about uh, we'll see about that running back rotation. Whether the Gaskin usage was because they have a couple wide receivers missing, so they needed him. Uh, more in that receiving role but really it's going to depend um as you said i, I do think gaskin is work is flex worthy but his floor is still pretty low until see we see his usage kind of solidify a little bit more totally yeah speaking of low floor the jacksonville jaguars on the other side um well dan arnold ticked his uh, target count up to eight in his second game in jacksonville so i'm actually pretty uh pretty happy about his production i think he's a solid start at tight end for right now um otherwise i'm doing my best to avoid the rest of the jaguars here marvin jones is still the best bet as far as uh, the wide receivers go uh but that's about it yeah it's kind of baffling to see you know 
the, the other wide receivers and, and Tavon Austin get a revival here. Um, it really just kind of goes to show what Urban Meyer is, is kind of thinking or not yeah. thinking rather. Uh, both on the field and off the field. But, uh, you know, as you said, Dan Arnold uh, was one of Lawrence's favorite targets. He's been targeting his tight end a lot. Jacob Hollister got the the goal line touchdown, but Arnold saw far more targets and is the better start here. As for the running backs, uh, you know, another kind of messy situation. Are you buying or selling James Robinson right now, Los? Because he's been seeing a lot more snaps overall over the last couple weeks, but his usage is still being limited as a receiver. And, you know, Urban Meyer in the press conference afterwards said he quote, doesn't micromanage who's on the field. So do you trust Robinson going forward in this inefficient offense? If he is starting to garner a larger role here. So for right now, this is all about context, right? Just like any, any question ever, right. In, in football, um, if I'm hurting at running back, I'm buying, but by no means am I buying high. I'm not buying based on, you know, a workhorse role or anything. I'm buying trying to capitalize on somebody who is disenchanted um, with, with James Robinson. So uh, I'm, I'm not, I, if I had him, I would not be selling. Uh, so I guess that makes me be buying. All right. That was a very long-winded answer, but, uh, you know, I, I do think he's a decent RB2 option. We have seen the Dolphins really struggle against the run, as as do the Eagles. Um, so I, I like both. And real quick, if you had to pick one, are you starting uh, Are you starting Leonard Fournette or James Robinson this week? Fournette. Okay. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a toss up there. Uh, really going to come down yeah. to it's very close with touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. I, I think uh, he's got a little bit more of the receiving upside too. You know. But there you go. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Miami here again. Shouldn't shock anybody. There's a lot of unshocking games this week. I think. Yeah, which of course means there will be some shocking upsets. But uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as of right now, I will go with Miami as well. All right, that'll take us into the noon games, the regularly scheduled program, Minnesota at Carolina. Minnesota ultimately went with the smart play of sitting Cook this week. Hopefully he's going to be back here in full. If not, there's no reason to play uh, Alexander Madison with seven targets on top of his 100-plus yard rushing day. Uh, he didn't throw away his shot. Conklin and Osborne remain risky starts, but uh, but possible for you. Yeah, and I do think, you know, the Vikings made the right call. They they barely won that yep. game against the Lions, but they did win without Cook. Um, and, you know, he is still questionable for this week, but it does sound like they're expecting Cook to be back and more uh, of his usual workload. So I would start with Cook with fair confidence this week. Totally. As for the Carolina side, Christian McCaffrey may hopefully be back this week, which would definitely improve the team's outlook. If not, Chuba Hubbard is a back-end running back, too. Uh, Robbie Anderson continues to do nothing with his increased targets with Christian off the field. With McCaffrey back on, I think he's going to be completely uh, unstartable. Uh, I think he's unstartable now, actually. I, I would, If you needed to, I would drop him for, for one of the uh, free agents down in our list, to be honest. Darnold and Moore should get back uh, to better production this week. 
Yeah, I actually had uh, I had Robbie Anderson going in some tournament lineups in DFS because I, mm-hmm. I I did expect DJ Moore to be a little bit limited with Darius Slay on him, um, but apparently the answer is when Moore is limited, Darnold just sucks because <laughs> I guess he needs his go-to guy and uh, can't really do anything when McCaffrey and Moore are are both limited. Uh, like Cook on the other side, it does sound like McCaffrey is expected back this week. And again, if active, I would start him with fair confidence as well. All right. Uh, I am going to take Carolina in this game, but don't be shocked if Minnesota takes this one. This is this is one of those sort of games. Yep. This is definitely one of those toss ups where I'm leaning the home team and that's really the tiebreaker for me. Yeah. All right. The Chargers at the Ravens Uh, for the Chargers. The offense is looking great and is very concentrated into touches for Eckler, Allen and Williams. They account accounted for 47 of the 66 plays this past week. So that's pretty darn good. You can't ask for uh, much more than that in terms of uh, target share production share. I mean. Right. And that's really why, you know, Eckler has gone kind of full Camara this season in Joe Lombardi's offense, uh, getting a ton of receiving work like before. But now the difference is he's also getting that red zone and goal line work. So really, I mean, I think the only player I'd trade Eckler for straight up right now would be Christian McCaffrey. And even that's a toss up, right? Like you're you're not selling Eckler and uh, I, I doubt you're you're going to be able to buy him anywhere. I think that's a really good point uh, that I that I haven't thought about. Yeah, I guess that makes him your RB two on the year, huh? Or I guess maybe Henry, but you know he's he's in that top three, right? Yeah, I, I see it. As for the Ravens, of course, we're going to have to see what tonight's splits are with the running backs as well as the wide receivers. Um, we've got Tyson Williams active for tonight, so going to be interesting. Uh, this coming week should be a solid Mark Andrews week, but uh, those have been few and far between this uh, this year thus far. Um, you're going to want to try and start a running back against the uh, the Chargers, I guess. But I don't know if you're going to know with any confidence, uh, you know, in in, uh, in absence of some sort of injury tonight, who you're going to want. Yeah, we'll we'll see tonight. Uh, it's really going to kind of depend. But, uh, you know, monitor the snap counts and basically just see what the wor- workload split is between Tyson Williams, who is once again active, and Latavius Murray. And I do think that both of these guys are going to be touchdown dependent flexes. I mean, we've, we've just seen the chargers get absolutely gashed by the run. Yeah. The problem is we're a quarter of the way into the game and, uh, Williams, Freeman and Murray all have just one touch each. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, regardless of that, I'm going to take Baltimore. I think, um, Lamar Jackson is going to be the benefactor of the uh, LA chargers rushing defense. Yeah, and, you know, it is worth noting, too, that it sounds like Rashad Bateman is expected to make his debut uh, this coming week against the Chargers. Um, And all that being said, I'm going to lean the home team Ravens because the strength of their offense really is the run game, and that's really the weak point for the Chargers here. Precisely. All right, the L.A. Rams at the New York Giants. It's hard for me to say which way to overreact to the Robert Woods usage this game. You know, I love that player. Um, are they just oiling a squeaky wheel here with the 14 targets, or is this smart growth in the offense, diversification? Um, I'm betting on the latter, actually. McVay knows what he's doing. I'm putting Woods back in the line, in the lineup here against the Giants. Uh, Tyler Higby had a touchdown, but just two targets. Um, the Giants do classically allow opportunities to tight ends, but we haven't seen enough out of Higby, Higby for me to like it. But but if you don't have a better option, you can you can start them. 
Yeah, I think he's a fine start. Um, and Woods is kind of rebuilding that trust that we initially drafted him with, right? But, right. you know, at the same time, it feels like Cup is still the clear number one guy until we see a more balanced target share for multiple weeks. So right now I still have Cup in that low-end wide receiver one range and Woods more in that high-end wide receiver three range until we see that, you know, the consistent targets to Woods building this season. Yeah, the thing that happened with the Giants offense this past week does make me think if I have a better higher upside play than Robert Woods, I might lean there this week because the Rams are going to try and run a ton. The Giants are not going to be able to put up anything on offense with with all of their injuries. Yeah, you know, I was just about to say, uh, if you're really desperate, I think Sony Michelle's an interesting RB4 because if the sure. Rams are up big in the second half, if it's Mike Glennon starting against this right. defense, uh, you know, without Kenny Galladay, uh, possibly still without Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, it's really going to be you know, Kadarius Tony as that PPR volume. And I guess that'll be our transition to the Giants side here. Yeah. I mean, I think you just about covered it. I, I think, and there's even a chance that Tony misses, uh, misses this game here. Um, not likely not with suspension, but, um, he, he did uh, come up with an injury late in the game. So we'll have to see what's going on with him. And then of course the big injury that everybody's lamenting Saquon Barkley, uh, we don't know how long he's going to be gone for, um, but he's definitely going to be gone this week. Uh, just looking at that ankle, not uh, not a pretty picture. Shouldn't I, I don't think it's going to last uh, too many weeks, though. So we're not going to lose Saquon like last year. Hopefully. I just jinxed him. I'm sorry. Uh, Devontae Booker is going to be a solid start, I guess, in terms of a um, in terms of a workload standpoint. But it's tough against the Rams. There's no two ways about that. Uh, there's going to be another care, uh, running back on this team that gets plenty of carries. You know, I'm expecting more like a 65% share workload, not a dominant workhorse load. They, they just weren't prepared with anybody else, I don't think, this week. So so I, I'm not gearing up for something spectacular from Booker. Uh, I, I think I'm a little higher on Booker than you are. You know, we've seen that the Giants do continue to use fairly high workloads for whoever steps in for Barkley. So I, I do think Booker is the priority pickup this week um, if you need a running back over the next couple of games. Here. But, you know, even though the Rams are tough, um, I, I think there's going to be plenty of PPR volume spread between Tony sure. and Booker here. So I, I do think both are viable. And, uh, yeah, it, it does, just to clarify what you said, uh, it, it does not sound like Tony is going to face any suspension for that punch. So the worry is really more just whether his injury is fine. Yeah. Um, with all the injuries and uh, Mike Glennon and just the way uh, the Giants play, I'm taking the Rams here, obviously. Oh, and, and real quick, I, I do think that there is some opportunity here uh, for Evan Ingram as well as the beneficiary of oh, some yeah. of these injuries. <laughs> The last man standing. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, I think this will be one of the, the safer bets of the week here. I'm taking the Rams on the road as well. Yes, sir. All right, Houston at Indianapolis. Oh, um, Houston kept quick, it. Uh, uh, it is worth noting, too, though, Matthew Stafford injured his finger on a helmet, mm. just like Brady, just like Russell Wilson. A lot of finger injuries going around. So it sounds like he'll be fine, but just something uh, worth monitoring. He's tough. He'll rub some dirt on it. Houston, <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> 
Houston at Indianapolis. Uh, Houston kept it competitive for much of the game before ultimately losing to the Patriots. You still can't really touch any of the running backs except David Johnson in a full PPR, who I would not really want against uh, Indianapolis here necessarily. New England took away much of Brandon Cooks, as New England does to the top target, and David Moore exploded. So I'm not spending up on chasing that uh, at all. I'm not chasing any of the David Moore or the uh, or the um, oh the other uh, the other score uh, Chris uh, Chris Conley. I'm not chasing that either. Yeah, as you said, you know we know that Belichick likes to kind of force opposing offenses to go away from what they're comfortable with. So I actually think that this is a great. Uh, spot to start Brandon Cooks uh, I, I know if you've been starting him you're disappointed from the last couple of weeks but I, I would expect a bounce back here against the Colts and then tonight we're going to see just how much play Marlon Mack gets over the two running backs that that uh, could be in your lineup uh, regardless uh, regardless of that I don't think uh, Naeem Hines has any upside in Houston as this should be a pretty solid Jonathan Taylor week um, I don't think there's any reason not to play Michael Pittman either but that just about does it for me yeah and you know outside of fantasy I just want to say how impressed I was with Davis Mills and the Texans you know the whole storyline oh, for yeah. Houston this year has been the Deshaun Watson debacle but so they've actually been playing pretty well much like Detroit you know keeping games very very tight totally right yeah something something's got to give the shoes got to drop at some point I just don't necessarily think it'll be this week yeah, and I will say, you know, so far tonight, we've seen three carries for Hines, three for Mack, and four for Taylor. So this could get real messy. <laughs> um, you know, Taylor's still the upside guy that you want. We just saw him bust that long receiving touchdown <clears throat> because he's such a big playmaker. But uh, really, I, I mean, there's, I think there is some desperation RB4 upside for Hines and Mack here, uh, depending on, you know, how, how this touches get split up. I don't like it. That's all I know. <laughs> all right. I'm going to take the Colts. Yeah, I'm going to take the Colts, especially at home. But, uh, you know, divisional yeah. game, Houston better than expected. Uh, this is, I don't, I'm not super confident in this one. Kansas City at the Washington uh, football team. Late injuries in game for Hill and Kelsey. Uh, hopefully both are ready to go for this week. If not, hey, maybe Josh Gordon is a, a solid flex here. Um, seriously though, um, if not, uh, Hardman is probably going to lead the team in targets if Hill can't play. Uh, the Washington defense has not been good thus far, so there's definitely value to be had here. As for the running backs, Daryl Williams is going to get the majority of the work with some mix-in of Jarek McKinnon, so make sure you uh, try and get him if you need a running back. Yeah, and so far, the early reports are that there's not too much to worry about with Hill and Kelsey. Kelsey has a, a stinger issue, but uh, he is expected to play, as is Tyreek Hill with a quote-unquote minor knee injury. So really, the only the only guy they're going to be missing here is Edwards Alaire, and it sounds like he's going to be out for about three to four weeks with an MCL sprain, kind of like what we saw from Nick Chubb last season. Mm-hmm. And for the football team, the Washington defense is not playing well. That does not bode well for them against Kansas City. Uh, but that is good for uh, the, the fantasy outlook of Heineke, Gibson, and McLaurin, and possibly McKissick this week. Uh, if you have better flex options, I would avoid him. But don't, don't be surprised if he sees seven or eight targets or more, despite uh, less usage this past couple weeks. 
Yeah, I love kind of all the Washington players in fantasy this week because I do think it's going to be a a get-right game for the Chiefs after they took a beating from the Bills last night. Uh, You know, we saw them bounce back after that loss to the Chargers where they just absolutely torched the Eagles, and I expect a a similar game. So certainly you're starting all your Chiefs, but I I do think there's going to be a ton of garbage time for Heineke, uh, for McKissick, as you said, and I think Adam Humphreys is kind of interesting. Um, because we're seeing that, uh, you know, with Logan Thomas out, uh, Curtis Samuel aggravated his groin injury from the preseason. So he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, it sounds like. And then Diami Brown is questionable as well. So could be a lot of targets going around here to Ricky Seals-Jones and Adam Humphreys uh, if you are pretty desperate for those flex options or at tight end even. We saw Dawson Knox had a huge game against the Chiefs, and I'm not saying to expect that from Ricky Seals-Jones, but overall the Chiefs have been torched by the tight ends. Yeah, um, I I don't think it's necessarily going to be competitive despite uh, the additional uh, O-line injury to Kansas City. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to take this one by double digits. Wow. Uh, So completely unrelated to this game, but John Gruden is resigning as the Raiders head coach. Yeah, my, my phone just buzzed, and I uh, I was just looking up what that is about. Wow, so that was, this wow. is in relation to what I got a buzz about yesterday on my phone. Okay, wow. Yeah, well, that's, I don't uh, really feel to get into this because it's not really fantasy relevant, but... Uh, yeah, you know, we can wow. touch on it when we get to the Raiders game, but... Yeah, uh, we'll get to the Raiders. Wow, that's, that's pretty nuts. Um, but yeah, I think another one of the locks of the week here, I, I, we're both taking the Chiefs. Yes, sir. All right. Green Bay at Chicago. Uh, nothing really changes for the Packers. Adams is a stud. Aaron Jones is an RB1. Dylan's carries took a step backward in the competitive game here, but he did add a somewhat surprising four receptions. Then coaching said that they love the way he catches the football. So, uh, I don't know, like a, like a DEFCON 4 level of uh, of worry for, uh, for Aaron Jones, but uh, really not anything crazy. Uh, Tunyon's done. Drop him. Yeah, I I think maybe DEFCON 3. Uh, a little worrisome okay. just because we're seeing Dylan's involvement trend up over the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and Dylan's proved that he's a good running back, right? We were all surprised yeah. when Green Bay extended Aaron Jones, that big contract in the offseason, because we expected them to have drafted Dylan as his replacement. So um, interesting here in that I do think Dylan may be entering that Tony Pollard range where he could be a standalone flex if he continues seeing this kind of involvement um, and clearly with a lot of upside if Jones were to miss any time. As for your Chicago Bears, uh, there was a cer- certainly more of a shared backfield than I think a lot of people expected, but Damian Williams did get all the quality touches despite trailing 16 to 18 carries to Khalil Herbert. Um, the Raiders' defense is definitely better than Green Bay's, I think. So if you if you can stomach it, I think you can play Allen Robbins here, uh, Robinson, but only as a flex. Certainly not. He's certainly dipped out of wide receiver two territory. Um, I wouldn't play Darnell Mooney, even though he's he's been leading the team in targets with Justin Fields. It's uh, it's an interesting game plan, but uh, but they're winning with it, right? Yeah, it's really tough because if you think you know the Detroit game was really where we said if it's going to happen for Allen Robinson, it's going to be that game, and they just continue to run a ton and 
even without Jair Alexander, the matchup is good. We just don't know how much they're going to have Justin Fields actually throw the ball here. So as you said, I think Robinson and Mooney, both boomer bust plays. Um, certainly the upside is there, but uh, the floor is very, very low at this point with just, uh, you know, barely 20 passing, passing attempts for Fields. And maybe, you know, maybe Gruden's actually being fired because of how bad they played against the Bears. Maybe he's just being scapegoated. <laughs> I don't know. All this stuff, I... <laughs> I mean, the stuff I'm re- I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not 100% listening to you because this, uh, if you haven't heard, go, uh, go, go Google this John Gruden stuff. Just, um, wow. Interesting. Certainly interesting. Surprising, to be honest. Uh, but again, not, uh, neither here nor there. I'm going to take the Packers here to beat uh, Chicago. Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Packers too, but uh, by the transitive property, you know, they did just uh, barely beat the Bengals, and the Bears did beat the Bengals fairly handily. Um, right, so right. I, I think, you know, divisional game, anything could happen here, and uh, it, it would not shock me, and I hope the Bears do win, but uh, I, I'm still going to take the Packers. All right. Speaking of Cincinnati, they get to play Detroit this week. Uh, as we know, Detroit is not <clears throat> not necessarily the toughest defense to crack. So, pending Burrow's uh, throat injury healing, what's going on with him exactly? Start all of your Bengals. Uh, Samaji Pirine showed some really good play as Mixon was limited in his touches. Uh, he's someone definitely to hang on to in a year with fewer handcuffs than usual. Um, we do have to uh, wait on on a full update on Burrow's throat injury. I didn't see anything unless you did. No, uh, nothing definitive, but it sounds like the hospital trip was precautionary. Um, he's expected okay. to play this week, so no no major concerns there. And uh, worth noting, too, that Samaje Pirine did get placed on the COVID IR list today. Um, so he, so this could be a big Joe Mixon week if he's back to that yeah. uh, workhorse uh, usage in this game. Keep your eyes out for Chris Evans, too, just in case. You, you never know if tomorrow morning we find out that uh, that, that uh, Joe Mixon was hanging around a little too close to Pirine. Yeah, or I mean, same for Evans. So, you know, keep, stay <laughs> yeah, I guess for that. we could have a wide receiver playing running back, right? All right. As for uh, Detroit, this is your weekly reminder not to chase wide receiver targets in Detroit. Um, Hawkinson has not been paying dividends, but should return to form here. As you all know, tight end is a wasteland, so Hawkinson's a better bet than many. Swift is locked in. Uh, what do you think to do with Jamal Williams? His usage has been waning. Um, I don't think it's necessarily worth diving in with him against Cincinnati. So what do you think? No, I mean, it's kind of the same role that he played in Green Bay alongside Aaron Jones, right? The 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 floor for him isn't quite there. He's going to have some big blow-up weeks, and the, the big thing is he's going to detract from Swift's uh, fantasy production, really. Um, and yeah. I think he's a fine RB4. Uh, he's going to be somewhat touchdown dependent. Um, so he's in that same range as let's say a, a Khalil Herbert, right? Where you just don't expect yeah. a ton of work for him. And uh, he's really going to need to break one for a touchdown because generally speaking, the, the red zone touches are, are going to like the Damian Williams or the Deandre Swift. Totally. Uh, and just to, uh, to, uh, adjust something I said in last podcast, if you want to rewind to take everything I said about Khalif Raymond and just switch that name out for, uh, for Amon Rasse Brown. 
<laughs> well, I, I think especially now with Quintus Cephas expected to potentially miss the rest of the year, um, Alvin Rouse St. Brown is an interesting waiver pickup that we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but, I, you know, this is my, my upset pick of the week, Los, because Ooh. I don't know if you watched the the post-game press conference uh, by Dan Campbell, where he was mm-hmm. literally in tears because he felt like he had let his team down. You know, they played their hearts out, and, you know, they went for two. Gutsy gutsy call with uh, almost no time left. Um, the Vikings were just able to move it down the field, kick that game-winning field goal. But call it a, a gut shot here, but I think the Lions saw that press conference. They don't want to let their coach down anymore. And I think they're going to find a way to get it done at home this week. You know, I like that. I appreciate uh, I appreciate that in in sports. You know, rallying and stories like that. But uh, unfortunately, there's a guy named J- uh, Jamar Chase on the other side of the football that I think is going to make that whole uh, thought process null and void. Give me the Bengals. Yeah, you know, I, I think the smart money is probably on the on the Bengals, but I, I think the Lions really have been playing a lot better than their record suggests. Sure. And, sure. uh, you know, I, I'm sticking with it. Sure. Takes us into Sunday midday. The red-hot Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, not a great showing from the Arizona offense against San Francisco, but divisional play is typically tougher than most other games. Um, should be a fine day for the offense with, a, with possibly a bit more rushing yardage to be expected from Kyler Murray. Uh, the running backs and Kirk and Moore and Green are low-end flex plays, um, and that's about it. Yeah, it's really it really is difficult to kind of predict which Arizona wide receiver outside of Hopkins um, is going to have the big day week to week. Uh, You know, kind of take your pick. We've seen that Rondell Moore's role has been increasing a little bit, but still, you know, under half of the snaps played. So hardly trustworthy. He's a really good wide receiver. You know, we saw that sideline toe tap catch. Um, great yards after the catch weapon. It's just he's not seeing the consistent target share just yet, so it's hard to trust. Um, rest of season, I, I probably would want more, but uh, right now, I, I think AJ Green's actually getting a lot of downfield targets and some red zone targets. So I, I think week to week, I, I keep switching my answer, but for right now, I'm going with Green this week. And for me this week, I'm going with Kirk. Um, I, I think that uh, the Cleveland D-line forces the issue on a few more uh, slot-based throws here, which could make the answer Rondale more, but for me, I'm sticking with Kirk. You know, um, Los, I don't know if you've realized, but we haven't made any bets yet this year. Um, we've been kind of slacking on that front. Would you like to make an A.J. Green versus Christian Kirk in full PPR bet for week six? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Exciting stuff, folks. Right. Real, real big, uh, big things going on around. Here. Uh. Oh. All right. On the Cleveland side of the football, um, now here you want to talk about bet for the, uh, for this game and rest of the season. How about Chubb versus Hunt? Don't make me puke, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, as you know, I have both, and I uh, struggle mightily every week. But both running backs are definitely in play here. Hunt may see uh, even more targets this week against Arizona, um, but I'm fine with you slotting in both. Uh, Nick Chubb, you know, like I, I called for two touchdowns last week. It certainly could have happened, but uh, 100 plus yards and a touchdown is more than enough for me. Um, unfortunately. The same can't be said about uh, Odell Beckham. I, he should have a better day here against uh, versus a very limited day he had against the Chargers with uh, just two catches. But um, 
he's really not looked great. Uh, there may be something to all the talk about uh, the connection between him and Mayfield. David Njoku led in targets, receptions, yards, and had a touchdown, but I don't think you can start him uh, this week with any confidence. No, and part of the issue is that the Browns have been so run-heavy. Um, it, it's just it really, as you said, it's almost not a question of Chubb or Hunt, but Chubb and Hunt and none of the wide receivers. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, we know that Jarvis Landry's coming back from that MCL injury, but really he doesn't need to be added in normal leagues because it's nope. it's with him and the tight ends and Beckham there. It's really the running backs that you want in this offense until we see something change. Um, yeah, Cleveland, the, the second most run heavy team in the league so far behind only New Orleans and, uh, surprisingly Chicago's third. So, um, oh. that's part of the issue, right? With Marcus Calloway and yeah. Allen Robinson and Mooney and Beckham and all these guys, uh, yeah. it's just the volume's not there. And, uh, until we see that change, they're going to be tough to rely on in fantasy. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Cardinals here. This this is a really tough one. Um, I could see it going yeah. either way. I think both these teams are uh, legit contenders, and uh, I'm going to lean Arizona, but, man, we saw them struggle against the Niners, and Cleveland's defense, I think on paper at least, is better than San Francisco. So it, and at home, yeah, uh, maybe the smart bet is Cleveland, but I, I will take Arizona as well. In agreement there. Uh, Dallas at New England. New England is tough, of course, but uh, who, who do they focus on on defense in Dallas? Uh, I'm betting on maybe a slightly down week for Amari, Amari Cooper, but I'm certainly not sitting him. Uh, start all your regulars, and I think Dalton Schultz is a starting fantasy tight end this week, um, at least, uh, and probably every week until Michael Gallup comes back. Yeah, and I'm not sure that there's a, a specific piece that Belichick can really try to take away this week. I think Cooper, Lamb, yeah. Schultz are all fine here. Um, Zeke looks just resurgent uh, in 2021. Um, makes me question, you know, how much of that sluggishness we saw even before Dak Prescott got injured last year was due to, you know, some complications from COVID. We know that that does affect endurance to a, a point, and Zeke just looks really, really good right now. He's only. I mean, I don't think he's older than 28 years old, is he? I mean, I I can't run like that, so I don't know. <laughs> Fair. I've, I've never had. On the New England side of the football, um, to me, it's not worth trying really to track and trend the New England player, use, player usage because it changes so much based on their game planning, and there are just no dominant playmakers here. Uh, Jacoby Myers is the only pass catcher for me still. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. But he was stopped at the one-yard line, so something's got to give at some point. Uh, he's due soon. It could be here versus Dallas. Um, and then as for the running backs, uh, you know, problems abound. But uh, Damon Harris, I think, does have a, a, a lock on the job despite that despite that uh, goal line fumble. Yeah, it's, uh, man, just awful luck for Jacoby Myers. It feels like, you know, almost like a Julio Jones-type season where uh, – mm -hmm. Sure. He's getting a lot of volume, but just doesn't get it done in the red zone. Um, but yeah, I, I do think they're going to need to throw a lot. So we saw Houston kind of expose an offense, or excuse me, a defense that we thought was pretty good. But uh, yeah. if they struggled containing Davis Mills, uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do about Dak Prescott. Um, and, and clearly, Stephon Gilmore's gone, so that's not an answer. And um, yeah, uh, give me Dallas on the road. Give me Dallas on the road. 
Las Vegas at Denver. Uh, Denver's definitely going to put together a solid defensive effort, and I, ex- I expect this game to be have heavy reliance on the running backs and Darren Waller here. Josh Jacobs looked looked a little fresher, a little faster uh, last evening, I thought. Um, I'd, I think I'd avoid all the wide receivers here, though. I think Renfro's the, the go-to guy. Um, he has been scoring double-digit PPR points in every single week so far. He's wide receiver 26 on the year, uh, very underrated, uh, kind of like a Cole Beasley type of underrated, right? Sure. Um, I, I do think that he's the go-to guy for Carr. Tough slot matchup this week, but still I think he's worth a flex play in PPR given you know the target volume he's seeing and the chemistry that he's got with Carr. There's going to be plenty of third downs against Denver, that's for sure. On the Denver side of the football, it uh, it was good to see Teddy Bridgewater in, which definitely saved Sutton and Tim Patrick's value. Both are fine back-end plays here versus Las Vegas. Um, Gordon and Williams are both flexes with, with limited upside. Yeah, and, and the one thing I will say, or well, two things, I guess. Um, first, for just this week, on paper, I think this is a good matchup for Bridgewater, but I did leave mm-hmm. him off the list of quarterback streamers because we've seen how the Raiders struggle to stop the run, and I think the Broncos are going to try and mirror kind of what the Bears did this past week where we could mm-hmm. see another good real-life game from Bridgewater like we saw him have against the Jets a few weeks ago, but then the touchdowns kind of go to Melvin Gordon um, or Javante Williams when they get in close, uh, which kind of just leaves Bridgewater as a less than stellar fantasy play. Um, and then the other thing is long-term, I think if you can right now, Cortland Sutton's been on fire, uh, but do remember that Jerry Judy should be coming back in the next couple of weeks. So that could dilute the target share a little bit more between Sutton, Judy, um, Patrick, and then also Noah Fant. So if you can, uh, if you can get like close to wide receiver one type value for sudden, I would do that. Oh yeah, sure. If you can, if you can turn him into wide receiver one, I'm, I'm, I'm on that all day. Uh, especially with, the, I, I picked Denver already, but, uh, especially with the loss of their head coach, I don't know where Las Vegas is headed right now. So give me, uh, give me Denver. Yeah, I'm in agreement here. Like you, I picked the Broncos at home even before the Gruden news. So uh, losing a head coach is is no small thing. Yeah. All right, that takes us into Sunday night. uh, Uh, Seattle at Pitt. Pardon? Real quick, I was going to say, how crazy would it be if uh, a certain uh, um, coach who has made questionable decisions gets replaced by another coach who's made questionable decisions uh, if Urban Meyer gets fired at some point in Jacksonville, maybe Gruden becomes a candidate. I, I mean, I think just reading about the Gruden stuff, I you know, I don't want to get into it, but I I think we have seen the last of John Gruden. No, I was I was mostly just kidding about that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, I, I don't yeah. think we'll see Gruden coaching anywhere at least this year. I I don't think we're going to see him calling games either. Um, yeah. Bye, John. Sunday night football, Seattle at Pittsburgh. Uh, Russell Wilson looks like he's going to be missing the next few weeks. He's speculating week 10. I'm speculating week longer than 10, unfortunately. Um, if Carson's ready to go by Sunday, he's he's a play here versus Pittsburgh. If not, Collins is the play. Uh, either way, this whole offense is taking a step back without their quarterback. Um, you know, the, the backup filled in okay. Uh, keeping some value for uh, for Metcalf. I mean, they're going to need Metcalf and Lockett to do some uh, spe- some special stuff if they want to win any of the coming games. That's for sure. 
Oh, yikes. I'm just sorry. I know this is we're trying to record the show for you guys, but we're catching up on this Gruden news live. So it, it's tough because I I got the alert, but I was reading through the details as Los was just talking right now. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some there's some pretty damning stuff in there. Yeah. All right. So, well, okay. Let's get back to fantasy here. Uh, sorry, we're just trying to process this, and uh, I'm sure you guys are going through this just not on air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. No fair. Yeah. So for the Seahawks, you know, Geno Smith looks surprisingly good stepping in for Russell Wilson midway through that Thursday night game, but uh, you know, we kind of see that. Uh, that effect right when a backup comes in and there's no ta- there's no film on him and uh, right. you know the, he, it just kind of changes what the defense was ready for and, and I do think he's worth uh, consideration in Superflex or 2QB formats um, but this is a tough Pittsburgh defense they're going on the road so I would not consider him in normal 1QB formats and really, you know, the floor is still very high with Metcalf and Lockett. We've seen that Geno Smith isn't afraid to chuck it to them, uh, but certainly the floor is, is much lower. Harris is a uh, running back one on the Steelers' side. Um, still getting uh, – he got only five targets, which is plenty for a running back, but certainly nothing like uh, what he got the week prior. I expect plenty of rushing this game in which Seattle's going to be missing Russell Wilson. Go ahead and start Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, of course, with Juju out for likely the season. Uh, Seattle doesn't have an answer for these Pittsburgh wide receivers here. No, and really, you know, it sucks for Juju. Uh, wish him the best. But for fantasy, yeah. uh, this is probably a positive thing for all of the other Pittsburgh players because um, like yeah. we've seen on other teams, right, the target share just kind of gets more concentrated. So I would expect more Claypool, more Deontay Johnson, and more Harris here. Um, really, all three should be started against a, a pretty bad Seattle defense. And I think there's a non-zero chance that, that we just saw the last game of Russell Wilson in a Seahawks uniform. Oh, there is a storyline for you. That certainly could be the case. Um, yeah, we did hear rumblings that he was going to uh, be talking about a trade this last year. Uh, or I mean, um, coming into the ne- uh, the next season. So, yeah, could be right. Just something I just thought about is, um, what do you think about Ebron versus uh, Fryermuth? Uh, I mean, I, I think there's going to be opportunity here. And I, I think even at this stage, Fryermuth's probably a better tight end than Eric Ebron is. We've seen I think so, too. so many yeah. drops and issues with Ebron over the years. Um, but that being said, I, I don't know that either one is trustworthy until we see uh, really, you know, one of them solidify the role, whether it's because of injury or just because of performance because still just under 50% of the snaps played for Fryermuth, even with um, the Juju injury. So it's, it's hard to trust either one of these really they're vulturing each other's value. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. We've seen, you know, plenty of multiple tight end usage uh, by this Steelers organization over the past, sorry, over the past decade between Ebron and Miller and, you know, even Xavier Grimble would sneak in some touchdowns here and there. Um, So I I agree. I think I'm not spending on either of them right now. What did did you used to call him? Xavier or something? Yeah, Xavier. (laughs) (laughs) Xavier Grimble. Throwback for those of you who have been with us for a few years. Yeah. Or the or the X Factor, yep. Oh, and that's that's right. That's when they had X Factor and the Road Dog Jesse James. Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, I forgot about him too. 
<laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pittsburgh here, mostly uh, having to do with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, missing Russell Wilson, but also the Seahawks defense has been really bad. And yep. uh, we saw Ben Roethlisberger play surprisingly well against a, a pretty good Broncos defense. So, yeah, give me Pittsburgh at home. Monday night football, Buffalo at the Tennessee Titans. Good matchup here for the Buffalo offense, uh, which is absolutely rolling. Not that they even need a good defensive matchup. Uh, Moss has taken the lead for now in this backfield, and I would play him here because it's against Tennessee. And then, of course, Sanders, Diggs, and I think Beasley are all good to go. Dox is, uh, Dox, uh, Dawson Knox is a starting tight end one for now. Um, yeah, great team. Keep rolling. Yeah, and just worth noting, uh, I, I like Moss a lot here. I, I'll probably have him ranked as an RB2 this week, uh, considering just how bad the Titans' defense has been particularly. I mean, really both against the pass and the run. Uh, we saw James Robinson just go off against them, and this is a game script where uh, I, I expect Buffalo to lead in this game and win. Um, and then really we're seeing that the emergence of Dawson Knox is hurting Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Uh, because we're seeing that Knox is now probably a weekly top 10 tight end, maybe even top five-ish. Um, but really, that that's impacting the snaps, although part of that, too, was a very run-heavy um, game script and uh, plan heading into Arrowhead, I think, of limiting Patrick Mahomes and attacking that weak Chiefs defense. And I expect a lot more of that, too, uh, this week against the Titans. Absolutely. As for Tennessee, uh, they're going to need the long week to heal and get their uh, team coached up. Hopefully their starters are all going to be available for Monday. Brown still has not really got it going this year, and he's going to face tough coverage in Buffalo. I think they're going to target him as the uh, as the number one receiver. Uh, that said, he's just such an imposing force. I, I, I couldn't justify sitting him. And, of course, that would leave opportunities for Julio if he's hopefully healthy. Uh, Derrick Henry continues to roll three more touchdowns this week. I, I don't think there's anything that can really stop him. No, but I do think that A.J. Brown, um, that decision is going to come down to your other options here. Because, uh, and I actually think I I like him more if Julio is active, because if Julio's out, I think Tredavious White really kind of clamps down on Brown and forces, you know, the other scrubs to kind of win against them. Um, And plus, uh, what's his name? Nicky Hine Westbrook. Um, Mm -hmm. He is questionable with a hamstring strain. So really, they're down to Josh Reynolds and some other guys here. Um, so yeah. hopefully for them and for AJ Brown um, fantasy teams, you guys want Julio to be back. Uh, real quick question here: um, Let's let's play a, a quick game with some other wide receivers that you might have in addition to AJ Brown. All right, let's go for it. All right, let's say you've got T Higgins against Detroit. Let's take T Higgins. Okay, Cortland Sutton against the Raiders. Yeah, Cortland Sutton, and I take Sutton over Higgins. Okay. Um, on the other side here, let's say you picked up Emmanuel Sanders against the Titans. Ooh. Yikes. I'm trying to think it through if I need a floor, if I need upside, and I think I'm leaning Sanders either way. Wow. You've made me realize things about myself that I did not know, Mom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a tough call. Uh, you know, A.J. Brown, uh, along with some other big-name wide receivers, just really haven't lived up to their yeah. billing this year. Um, well, let's give you another one here. Um, Brandon Cooks it. against the Colts. 
full PPR. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what? I don't care if it is or not. Give me Brandon Cooks. Yeah, so I, I don't know that AJ Brown is a is a you know you gotta wow. start him here, right? Um, no. Well, just uh, how about Robert Woods? Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going Woods. I think so too. Yeah, but you know what? Because we did this exercise, addicts, you are welcome especially addicts who have A.J. Brown. Because we did this exercise, we have just unlocked A.J. Brown wide receiver one for the rest of the season. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, <laughs> but uh, worth, worth noting, too, um, I, I don't think Tannehill's a must-hold in one quarterback formats, and I certainly don't like him this week. But I do think that yeah. he's going to rebound the second half of the year uh, You know, if he does get A.J. Brown and Julio Jones healthy totally um this offense you know we know that they love to use derrick henry especially in the red zone but at some point they're passing to rushing touchdown ratio is just insane right now and it is going to regress like it's just it's completely unsustainable even even with derrick henry being a beast we've seen that Tannehill still gets his in the red zone from the last couple of seasons Totally agree. And, and don't take that as a uh, as any knock on Ryan Tannehill. You were taking him as QB 14 in most leagues. That's that's why I go with a late quarterback approach, because I, if I need to, I cut bait without feeling bad about it. Um, I think that was baked into his value. But I do think I stand by thinking he would have been, you know, a top eight quarterback had all these problems not befall on the wide receivers uh, to this point in the season. Right. I agree. It's just really the lack of touchdowns. You know, he's been playing yep. fairly well otherwise. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Buffalo. Shouldn't be a surprise. Yes, I will take Buffalo as well. All right. This is uh, our first week with teams on a bye. So four teams on a bye here, of course. So move them out of your lineups. Um, For Atlanta, you have Matt Ryan, Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, Calvin Ridley, who surprisingly didn't take the trip to London, and Kyle Pitts, who stepped up in a big way when he was the the really main option out of the passing game. Cordero Patterson went ahead and had over 50% of the snap count here um, after uh, leading into the coming into the game with around 30. So definitely promising for him i wouldn't ship him off too quickly would you mong i know i know you were on that side of things before sorry say that one more time would you ship off cordero patterson we just saw his uh usage uh uptick from 30 to 50 percent i mean it depends on the price right like sure. i i sure. do think he's a viable back-end rb2 for the year due to ppr volume okay I'm right there with you. All right. The Jets, hopefully you weren't leaning into, but Michael Carter, Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, Zach Wilson, get him out of your lineup. New Orleans, make sure you move Alvin Kamara out of your lineup. Uh, I guess Marquez Calloway or whoever else you might have hopefully not been uh, forced into using. And then San Francisco, who I don't really want to discuss unless Mung wants to, but Trey Lance, Elijah Mitchell, Debo, and then Kittles on the IR. Move them, move them out of your lineups. Yeah, and real quick, just reiterating some COVID news here. Uh, Samaji Pirine placed on the COVID list today on Monday. Um, we'll see if he's able to get back in the lineup, and uh, hopefully Mixon and Evans uh, were not too buddy-buddy with him after that loss uh, to the Packers. But just something to monitor here, not a huge fantasy impact outside of deeper leagues. Loving that uh, we have so few names on the list so far this year compared to last. Yes, definitely. Uh, definitely knock on wood been lucky so far with uh, not too many COVID issues, although uh, the Patriots might beg to differ with half of their offensive line on COVID IR this past Sunday. <laughs> Fair enough.
All right. You want to take us through the quarterback injuries here then? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, to lead us into the injury news on quarterbacks, we've got Russell Wilson with the finger fracture and extensor ligament tear. He's going to be out somewhere in the realm of four to eight weeks. He injured his finger Thursday night. He has had surgery already. With Seattle's bye in week nine, week 10 is the likely earliest that Wilson will be back. He's not a must-hold in one-quarterback redraft formats with plenty of serviceable fantasy replacements. Geno Smith is worth adding in Superflex and deeper one-quarterback leagues. Daniel Jones questionable with the concussion. Every player advances through the concussion protocol at his own pace, so keep an eye on Jones's practice status this week. It'll be a good sign if he can get limited practice in by midweek. Matthew Stafford probable with a finger. Uh, he also injured his finger Thursday night, but was able to finish out the game despite missing a few throws. Uh, this is something to potentially monitor for Cup and Woods' efficiency for the next week or two, but it sounds like Stafford's going to play. Just uh, keep an eye on the practice reports. Joe Burrow with what they're calling a throat contusion. He's probable to play right now. He was taken to the hospital after the loss to Green Bay, but it sounds scarier than it actually is. Uh, as of now, this seems like a precautionary move with Burrow expected to play versus Detroit this week. But just keep an eye on things, just in case. <clears throat> Tom Brady right now probable with a thumb. He hit his thumb on a, on a defender's helmet versus Miami. Uh, but as of right now, he's expected to play Thursday night versus Philly. Uh, something worth monitoring, though, with that being in uh, – you know, two days by the time you, you get the podcast. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, doubtful with a calf strain. Uh, Trey Lance kept San Francisco in the game versus Arizona, but we'll see what Shanahan does with the quarterback position after their bye this week. So check back in next week on the San Fran situation. Tua Tungavailoa on the IR with bruised ribs. He's eligible to return, but he'll need to get a few practices in. Uh, keep an eye on the reports later this week to see. Tyrod Taylor on the IR with a hamstring strain. He's eligible to return from the IR, but the rookie Davis Mills has been playing well and almost upset the Patriots this past week. So Taylor may have lost his job yet again. And then, uh, and then Trey Lance with a knee sprain. He was a late addition to the report. Um, again, San Fran's had a bye this week, but it sounds like Garoppolo's expected to be ready after the bye. Shanahan pulled a Matt Nagy and said that Garoppolo's going to be the Week 7 starter, if healthy, versus Indianapolis. But who knows? Who knows? And at running back, uh, of course, we have Saquon Barkley with that freak ankle sprain where he stepped on uh, someone else's foot here. He is doubtful, but the silver lining is that the early reports indicate uh, no fractures or ligament tears, so just a low ankle sprain sounds like two to three weeks, uh, and he could be back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire with an MCL sprain sounds like he's going to be out about three to four weeks here. Uh, but again, silver lining is that it does not sound anywhere near close to season-ending but there is concern that it may become a full-on running back by committee once he's ready to come back if Daryl Williams starts playing well. Chris Carson with his long-term lingering neck condition, he is questionable. Um, apparently this has been an issue for a while for Carson that flares up from time to time, so it'll be important to monitor his practice status later this week. Damian Harris with a rib injury, he is probable. He was in and out of the game against Houston on Sunday, so it does not sound too serious, but might keep him out for a week like Daryl Henderson. Uh, we saw that a couple weeks ago, so just monitor Harris's practice status just in case. 
Joe Mixon with the ankle sprain, he's probable. The only reason he's on this list is because we saw P. Ryan get a lot more work than usual um, with Mixon's ankle not 100% against Green Bay. But with another week here to recover and with P. Ryan potentially uh, still on the COVID list by Sunday, uh, Mixon should be fine and back to his usual workload. Uh, but just monitor his practice participation. Uh, would be great to see him get a couple of consecutive full practices this week. Dalvin Cook, kind of the same uh, the same situation here where uh, he's coming back from my ankle sprain and he actually missed last week, but it does sound like they're hopeful um, that Minnesota will have Cook back this week, uh, although he could again cede some work to Madison. So again, hopefully we see him log at least one or two full practices towards the end of this week. And then finally, Christian McCaffrey with the hamstring strain uh, of these uh, three top-tier running backs here. Uh, McCaffrey started practicing last week, but Carolina did decide to give him another week to fully recover. I, I think that was smart. Um, hopefully we get a 100% McCaffrey this week and going forward here. And then David Montgomery with a knee injury. He's on IR, uh, eligible to return in week eight. So until then, it's going to be Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert in that Chicago backfield. Moving on to wide receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster injured his shoulder. He's on the IR. He's expected to be out for the year. Droppable in, droppable in all redraft formats. Tyreek Hill uh, with a knee injury. Right now, he's probable. As of now, this doesn't sound like anything too serious, but keep an eye on reports. Uh, all right, Quintus Cephas broke his collarbone. He's on the IR. He's likely done for the season. Certainly can be dropped in all redraft formats. His absence could make Amon Ross St. Brown a viable wide receiver four with the target tree more concentrated now in Detroit. Curtis Samuel was doubtful with a groin injury. Samuel aggravated his preseason groin injury and is likely to miss a few more weeks now before he can get to 100%. Kenny Galladay is going to be out this week with a knee hyperextension. Sounds like he's getting weak missed this week, but not necessarily more. So expect him back versus Carolina in week seven. Devontae Parker questionable with a hamstring strain with Fuller out for a few weeks. Miami could really use Parker back monitor his practice participation this week. James Washington questionable with a hamstring strain with Juju out for the season. Washington is worth monitoring in deeper leagues with an opportunity to step in at, into the number three wide receiver role for Pittsburgh. Keep an eye on his status this week. Diami Brown questionable with a knee, knee injury with Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel out a few weeks. Brown could establish himself as a usable fantasy option in deeper leagues if he's able to cons uh, consolidate a role in this Washington offense. Julio Jones with a hamstring strain. Uh, he's questionable. A.J. Brown was able to return versus Jacksonville, but we won't know on, Ju uh, on Julio with Tennessee playing on Monday this week. With how good Buffalo's offense been uh, so far, hopefully you have better options waiting, uh, waiting for you than, than Julio this week. In New York... <clears throat> Pardon. In New York, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton both have hamstring strains and both are questionable. So keep an eye on their practice participation this week. But none of the Giants receivers are particularly appealing for fantasy if Daniel Jones can't clear concussion protocols this week. Rashad Bateman has a groin injury and is questionable. Sounds like he's set to make his debut in week seven versus the Chargers, barring a setback, though their uh, secondary is quite good. Jarvis Landry, Landry on IR with the MCL sprain. He, he is eligible to return, but Cleveland remains one of the most uh, run-heavy offenses in the league. He's certainly not a must-add in 10 or 12 team leagues.
Michael Gallup is on the IR with a calf injury. He's eligible to return, so we'll see whether he can get some practices in this week. Keep an eye on his participation going forward, though Prescott has been spreading the ball around, so none of the Dallas wide receivers have safe floors right now. Jerry Judy on IR with the high ankle sprain. He's eligible to return, so it depends on how his ankle feels. Keep an eye on his status. And finally, Will Fuller on IR with a broken finger. He's eligible to return week eight. Until then, Waddle and Parker will hold down the fort in Miami as well as Kosicki. And finally, the tight end position, Travis Kelsey with that stinger suffered near the end of that loss to Buffalo. He is probable. The early reports are that this isn't too serious, but monitor his practice status just in case. Max Williams with a knee injury. He is likely done for the season. Uh, This could make Demetrius Harris interesting in deeper leagues, but overall, this doesn't impact Kyler Murray too much. Rob Gronkowski with the rib fractures. Uh, He is questionable. It sounds like a true 50-50 game time decision with the game on Thursday. They might choose to give him another 10 days to fully heal up for the stretch run here, so monitor his practice status closely over the next couple of days. And finally, Logan Thomas with the hamstring strain. He's still on IR and is eligible to return in week eight. And until then, Ricky Seals-Jones seems to be the top tight end in Washington. And of course, these injuries lead to silver lining uh, opportunities for other players. So uh, for your waiver wire ads at quarterback, we have Taylor Heineke. Kansas City's defense can't stop anyone right now, and neither can Washington's. This projects to be a shootout, and the Chiefs have allowed the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks through five weeks. In particular, they've struggled to stop quarterbacks from rushing against them. So Heineke will have an opportunity to accumulate some points on the ground as well as through the air. Sam Darnold, he struggled versus Minnesota with Darius Slay taking away DJ Moore for the most part, but McCaffrey's expected return should help this entire offense rebound. The loss to Carolina was also Darnold's first game of the year without a rushing touchdown, but he continues to contribute rushing upside in fantasy. Carson Wentz, we'll see how Indy does tonight, but Houston could not stop a New England comeback, even with the Patriots missing their entire starting offensive line. With the first group of buys this week, quarterback is much thinner than it's been earlier this season. And Ben Roethlisberger, Ben is always a risky play, but if you're desperate, Seattle is top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks with their defense really struggling this year. Roethlisberger has historically fared better at home. Even with Juju out, he has Claypool, Johnson, and Harris, all as good yak weapons. And uh, a lot of running back options for those of you in need of help this week. Kicking it off with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, In his first game back from injury, Mitchell played 44 snaps compared to just two for Trey Sermon. Mitchell is rostered in most leagues, but he was dropped in some after disappointing and getting hurt. So a worthwhile pickup if you have the roster space to hold Mitchell through San Francisco's bye this week. More of a rest-of-the-season pickup for those of you with winning records. Then we've got Devontae Booker and Daryl Williams for those of you in need of immediate running back help for the next couple weeks. Booker was a workhorse after Barkley left the game against Dallas. He got 16 carries and four targets out of the backfield. Doesn't sound like Barkley's going to miss more than a couple weeks, but Booker is a priority add if you need help now. And the same goes for Daryl Williams with CEH projected to miss a few weeks. Williams steps into the number one role in this Kansas City backfield should be a decent flex play, but does project to be in a little bit more of a split with McKinnon than we expect for Booker with the Giants. And then Michael Carter, again, more of a rest of season pickup for those of you who do not need help right now because the Jets are on by this week. But 
Carter's role has continued to grow as the season progresses, and he would have had two touchdowns against the Falcons were it not for a Ty Johnson vulture at the goal line. The Jets could continue to expand the rookie's role even more coming out of the bye, so Carter is a good preemptive rest-of-season ad if you have the bench space. A.J. Dillon, we talked about him a little bit. He's seeing closer to a 50-50 split the last couple weeks with Aaron Jones, <laughs> including usage as a receiver out of the backfield and in the red zone. So he is nearing that Tony Pollard uh, territory as a flex play with upside if Jones were to miss any time. If you're desperate, Khalil Herbert. Damian Williams is rostered in most leagues, but Herbert is widely available and saw a fair workload uh, alongside Williams. So while Montgomery is out, Herbert is going to be a viable RB4 uh, with Chicago trying to run quite a bit to ease the rookie Justin Fields' burden. So Herbert has some upside as well if Williams were to miss time over the next few weeks while Montgomery is already out. Kenneth Gainwell, uh, we've talked about Gainwell uh, a few weeks now on this show, but he's been the clear number two running back for the Eagles. Uh, Again, this is a game script where we project Philadelphia to trail against Tampa Bay, and uh, it would not be all that shocking if Gainwell out-touches and outscores Sanders this week. Alex Collins, um, Chris Carson's neck injury sounds like it could be a lingering issue that keeps him out another week or more, so Collins is a worthwhile stash if you need running back help this week. Smaj P. Ryan, uh, he is on the COVID list right now, but he looked pretty effective splitting some more work than usual with Mixon's ankle not 100% against Green Bay. P. Ryan should be stashed in deeper formats for those of you who want to handcuff Mixon or just want an upside running back in general. Brandon Bolden and Ramondre Stevenson. Damian Harris is probably going to play this week, uh, even with the rib injury, but if Harris were to miss time, Stevenson would become that touchdown-dependent flex play as the primary early down back in New England. And Bolden has some PPR flex upside regardless as that James White replacement. Giovanni Bernard, uh, Ronald Jones has been almost entirely phased out of Tampa Bay's offense except as a change of pace back. Bernard still just an RB4 play for now, but he does have weekly touchdown upside in this powerhouse Bucks offense. J.D. McKissick and Jared Patterson. Uh, This could be a J.D. McKissick week if Washington falls behind early to Kansas City and needs to throw a lot in the second half. He's an upside RB4 play, but Jared Patterson is worth stashing in deeper leagues with Antonio Gibson playing through the shin injury. There is risk that Gibson could miss time at some point this year if he continues to get banged up. And finally, Sony Michel. Daryl Henderson was in and out of that Thursday night game against Seattle with an arm injury. Again, doesn't sound too serious, and he has had 10 days to heal up before this next game, but we like Michelle uh, as the handcuff in L.A. with a potential workhorse role if Henderson were to miss more time. And even this week, if you're desperate, if the Rams get a big on the Giants, Michelle does have some upside. Plenty of uh, running back options, almost as many wide receiver options here for you. Um, In Buffalo, both Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Beasley barely played versus Kansas City with the run game as the focus of Buffalo's offense, but both he and Sanders remain boomer bust flex options in Buffalo's top three offense in the league. Kadarius Tony. Tony had a massive breakout versus Dallas, but don't go too crazy. Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, and Barkley were all out versus Dallas, leaving Tony as the last man standing. He has high weekly upside, but his role and target share are yet to be determined once the rest of Giants wide receivers are healthy. 
Hunter Renfro. Renfro was the wide receiver 26 in PPR through five weeks and has scored double-digit PPR points in every game since uh, th- thus far. He's clearly Carr's go-to target and has a fairly safe wide receiver floor each week. F- wide receiver three floor each week. <clears throat> Rondale Moore, AJ Green, and Christian Kirk out of Arizona. All three wide receivers are fairly widely available. It continues to be a headache discerning which one will have a big game from week to week, but all could have a higher floor, higher floor and ceiling if Arizona starts using more four wide receiver sets with Max Williams on IR. Adam Humphreys, with Logan Thomas and Curtis Samuel out and Diami Brown questionable this week, Humphreys could see a ton of targets out of the slot with Washington projected to trail versus KC. He's a one-week rental who has a fair PPR floor and ceiling versus a vulnerable Chiefs defense. Darnell Mooney, Chicago didn't need to throw much with the run game dominating against the Raiders, but Fields may need to pass more if they fall behind Green Bay this week. Mooney is a boom-bust wide receiver four. I'm in Ross St. Brown with Quintus Cephas potentially out the rest of the year. St. Brown has led the team in targets with eight versus Minnesota and could see more reliable target share going forward. He's in the wide, he, uh, wide receiver four or flex mix this week against a beatable Cincinnati secondary. Devontae Parker. With Fuller out for a while, Parker could be a viable flex option versus a poor Jacksonville secondary this week, along with Waddle and Gasicki. After getting smashed by Tampa, this should be a get-right game for Miami. Tim Patrick. Cortland Sutton seems to be the 1B. Or, uh, Patrick seems to be the 1B with Sut- to Sutton while Judy is out. He's a risky play this week, though, with Denver potentially running a lot versus the Raiders like the Bears did on Sunday. And then uh, Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins in Philly with Tampa's defense pass funnel. There could be plenty of garbage time PPR volume for both of these Philadelphia wide receivers if the Eagles fall behind on Thursday night. They are desperation wide receiver four plays with some upside. And if you're looking for help at the tight end position, look, Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz are mostly rostered at this point, uh, but just worth a look if for some reason they're still out there in your leagues. And then moving on, we've got Ricky Seals-Jones, who filled in admirably for Logan Thomas against the Saints, saw eight targets with a touchdown barely slipping through his fingers in the end zone. With Curtis Samuel and Diami Brown questionable for week six, Seals-Jones could again see close to double-digit targets in a game where Washington is likely going to need to throw a lot to keep up with the Chiefs. Kansas City's also really struggled against defending tight ends. They've given up two touchdowns to tight ends over the last two weeks, including some big plays downfield to Dawson Locks. Evan Ingram with Ken, Ken, excuse me, with Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton all questionable for week six. Ingram could see heavy volume, even if it ends up being Mike Glennon under center. Tight end is pretty barren, so Ingram remains a viable option in PPR formats. Hunter Henry and Janu Smith. The Patriots' defense could barely stop Davis Mills and the Texans, so they're going to have their hands full with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys this week. Likely needing to pass a little bit more in the second half to keep up with Dallas's offense, there's opportunity for PPR volume for both of these New England tight ends. And finally, Dan Arnold, who we talked about a little bit. Jacob Hollister <coughs> vultured the touchdown against the Titans, but Arnold tied for the team lead in targets with Jamal Agnew with eight each versus the Titans. As long as Jacksonville continues to trail in games, there's going to be PPR volume to go around and Lawrence seems to like finding his tight end. And there are a couple of solid defensive streaming options for this week. So uh, Miami, Trevor Lawrence has been sacked at least once in every game thus far, and he's thrown eight interceptions through five weeks. The Dolphins shouldn't look quite as toothless as they did versus Brady this past week. 
Dallas's uh, defense. The Cowboys have been surprisingly competent on defense under Dan Quinn, led by Trayvon Diggs's league-leading six interceptions through just five games. Dallas has forced two or more turnovers in every game this year and could have another big day, depending on how many of New England's starters on O-line are healthy for Week 6. Carol, uh, Carolina's defense. Carolina's offense struggled versus Philadelphia on Sunday, but their defense played well for most of the game and have logged multiple sacks in every game this year, except versus Dallas's top-rated O-line. And in Indianapolis, uh, tonight they've held uh, the Ravens to 150 yards in the first half. Uh, Davis Mills torched New England's usually stout secondary, but can lightning strike twice for the rookie? Houston is still a matchup to target for now until we see it twice from Mills. Yeah, and again, a lot of this waiver advire, excuse me, waiver wire advice is going to be <laughs> dependent on your specific team situation, whether you need uh, certain players to fill in spots in your lineup for week six or looking for that rest of season upside. And the same goes for some of these sit-start questions that we get. So if you've got more specific questions regarding your team or league, we're happy to reply on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore LOS. That's L-O-S. And you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. This episode is made possible by PWC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion, and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why the new equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there, and the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery.